Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck, Leela McRae with me as usual. And Leland, let's talk about the big news from last week and into this week. The VHSL has adopted the Champion Plus One system for basically 2020-2021 seasons. Yeah, so basically for most sports, uh, you can, I guess in kind of a way it's really all of them, but if you don't qualify further in the playoffs to continue your season in the playoffs, you can schedule a game as kind of like a one-off bowl game, you know, one postseason game. Uh, and I guess you just schedule that up with athletic directors. So I guess as the season's winding down, you might start seeing if you're not going to make it, who else might not be making it and set something up. Um, but gives an opportunity for you to kind of, you know, play one of those non-district games that you probably would have played in a normal year and you get a postseason matchup with them. So that's kind of cool. Um, I, I don't hate it, uh, particularly the way they've rolled out the schedule. There's a lot of there's not really a lot of overlapping uh, with many of the sports with when their games start and the, ch- the championship season before that is. So, like, you can really minimize the amount of time of overlap, uh, especially on top of practices. So I like it. I, I think it's harder for the smaller schools, obviously, because you do have so many athletes that are doing multiple sports. But overall, I like the intent of it in the very least. So I'm fine with it. It Honestly, it's not that big a news for us in this podcast because we, we talked about – we kind of analyzed exactly this plan back in late August when they kind of put it out there to get feelers. Yeah, we talked to Matt Hatfield about it a little bit, and he yeah, shared his yeah. reservations with it. But I think, you know, I'll say this. I know everyone apparently isn't happy with the VHSL and how they've handled this. I think they've done a pretty good job, all things considered, and – you and I, I are not. I think once we got to July, I think they did better. I think last spring was they learned from their mistakes and, and sure. handled it better coming into this school year. Sure. But, I mean, I think you and I have definitely had our gripes with the VHSL over the years. Um, but I, on this, I mean, especially, as you said, a- after the spring season where they kept kind of kicking the can until it was very obvious that you can't get anything done anyway. Uh, and then they finally pulled the plug last spring. Uh, this year they've been better about saying, look, this is kind of where we are. If we want to have sports, this is kind of how it needs to be. And of course, some people have been more receptive to that than others. Um, but I think the VHSL's doing the best to give these high school athletes the opportunity to play this academic calendar year. Yeah. So kind of reviewing, just just touching on it in case you've missed our previous episodes, the winter sports will go first and they'll play kind of close to their winter normal time. Uh they start in December, December 7th, precisely for basketball. I think a lot of other stuff starts December 14th. And then games and matches start 12 uh, 21. And that will run through a regular season until February 8th when the region playoffs start. State semis 2 16 and final 2 20 for basketball. So, a little, you know, not that first or second week of March like it normally is, but, um, and it'll only be region champions going to the state playoffs. And that's kind of what. I think some people reacted poorly to with this plan was, you know, you don't get those second place region teams, which, Hey, we've seen second place region teams make the state championship and, and win the state championship. I mean, uh, Stanton high school did that when they won their state championship, they were not a region champion. So, um, it's true. that, I mean, it can happen. This year's different as just the only thing I got to say. I mean, it's just, this year's different. You got to win the region, you know, and at least, you know, before the season starts, this isn't, 
you know, like last spring could have been if things kind of got back together, it could have been a mixed up deal and you wouldn't have had that chance. At least, you know, before a basketball is dribbled, you know what you got to do. Uh, what I really found interesting for those winter sports is that the wrestling they're they're pairing that down to a one day tournament. So it's eight people, one day tournament. That's much different than what they normally. It seems much different from what they normally do. It's a multi-day tournament in the very least. I guess I'm not sh- positive on how many kids, you know, eight, eight compared to what, but I do know it's usually a multi-day tournament. So uh, it's kind of going to change what they do there. Wow. Just yeah. saying wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that's the most anti-COVID sport possible. Uh, Bat and football. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, but, yeah, yeah. Wrestling, I guess you don't have the wrestling helmet. Wrestling is worse. Yeah. You don't have the helmet or the face mask that maybe catches some of it. Yeah. Um, and it's not momentarily contact. It is that's true. Constant full time contact, sweat, rubbing on each other. Yeah, I, I and ugh, um, this just makes me worry. But um, so that's the winter sport. So well, that's when everything gets kicked off. Sure, and you can say it makes you worry, but let's let's bring up the elephant in the room. All these people saying they think they should start now. I've got news for you. If we're still in phase three in December, we're not doing any of this. Yeah. The VHSL already that. said. If we are still in phase three, we are not going forward with high risk sports, which is, you know, that's not everything, but that's the bulk of your sports. So that's your wrestlings, that's your footballs, that's your basketballs, that's your cheerleadings, that's your baseballs, your, your soccers. So baseball's high risk. I forgot. I, 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 forget I believe it was. Maybe that wasn't, but um, baseball surprises me. But that's just from thinking about it, not trying to. I'd have to go list. back and I, look. I I'd have to go back and look at it. Uh, I know soccer was on the list. I know football was on the list. I know wrestling basketball. was on the list. I know basketball was on the list. Um, and cheerleading and volleyball was, I think. Volleyball is? Wow. Okay. I, it, well, because you have six girls on the same side of the floor, and they're going to be running close to each other to hit the ball. So it's not like you're Every staying spread sport, out. Every other sport, I feel like you mentioned, there's like some – designed physical contact within the sport volleyball didn't so uh, let's not i mean we don't know what's on the I, if we're not recalling exactly what's on the list or not but point is wrestling definitely would be point <laughs> is yeah the most the each of the most popular vhsl sports yeah. in their respective window is a high contact high risk sport so um although i guess baseball softball versus soccer in the spring maybe i don't know but um, hey, it, you said new America. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, the, fu- over, it is the so. future. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's just, again, folks like wear the masks, um, because you can deny that this thing is real. If you want, uh, you're going to be really upset in December if we're still in phase three and you can, yeah. you can have your protest in front of the governor's mansion or do whatever goofy waste of time stuff you want to do. And they're still going to look at you and say, okay, we're not doing it. Um, I I don't. Yeah. In general, I don't have problems with protests, so I'll be easy on that. Uh, Wear a mask while you're doing it and give yourself a chance to play some sports. No, but that's the Um, thing they won't. So they'll be proving to the VHSL that they're right and not letting them do it. Moving on the fall sports, then we'll go starting in February uh, football practice will start around February 4th with all the other fall traditional sports starting February 15th. Um, it runs through a six game football season is kind of the highlight there. Um, and I know every sports would be like 60% of their normal regular season. You get to state semis 424 for football and a final on five, one for football. 
So that's what I, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting schedule. I, I think I was looking on the Shenandoah into a district site and there's already, I think Fort defiance has their schedule posted. So feel free to go look at that. At some point we'll probably dig into those kind of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, looking at matchups and who's playing who, I mean, it'll it'll be good for um, getting some kind of season in. Again, kind of going back to the first point, you just hope it happens. Then spring, uh, practice starts 4-12, games start 4-6, and then uh, you notice that's before that 5-1 championship for football. So really, you're looking at the teams you think will run deep, Riverheads, George Draft, those kind of teams. Uh are kind of projected to be good football teams. You see how that might in effect affect the spring season, but with games not starting until, uh, well, it's four, six, it, it does overlap. I, I think the original dates I saw weren't Those quite dates as bad. Can't be right. Leland. You have yeah. practice starting after games. Oh, five, six for games for spring. Good. That makes it better. So yeah, at least you were not overlapping games. Okay. Typo killed me there. Yeah. Anyway, um, I like this plan, like I've said four other times in this podcast, because it gives us a chance to have high school sports and it gives a chance for all these seasons to happen. And now it's up to just the world going the right way. None of that's happened since March, but you can hope. So I, I'm overall, I like this. I'm ready to start analyzing football games. I'm ready to look. I want the football schedule for the Shenandoah district. I want to start digging in. Uh, but also all of it, the basketball, the baseball. Um, I'm excited probably more about wrestling. I, you know, when I was writing down the dates for that earlier, I was, oh yeah. You know, thinking about gap and Riverheads and draft and the good and, and Wilson and the good wrestlers at all those schools that, you know, I'm excited to get these kids back out there. That's why we made this podcast. I mean, to all honesty to the listeners, we talk a lot about NFL and college, particularly this year. But the reason we have this podcast is to talk about the local high school sports, because that's, you know what? There isn't too many podcasts out there talking about the local high school sports, especially in Augusta County. So we're excited if that can get going back, and uh, we'll be we'll be talking about it a lot. And uh, between now and then, I'm sure too. So yeah, I'm. I don't have much to add there, other than hopefully we hopefully we, uh, we hopefully do there. what we're supposed to do, and we can have high school sports. Hopefully, Santa brings us getting oh. out of phase three. If he doesn't. Maybe he or the, died or because the Thanksgiving of turkey brings it to us. Maybe COVID if COVID hasn't killed him. So wear your mask so you don't kill Santa. <laughs> Earmuffs for the kids there. All right. College football. I, I know stuff happened last week, but first I, I'm just saying I'm excited. It looks like the Hokies might get on the field this week. We does don't know it? who will be playing because we don't have a full roster. I was going to say, does it? Because Fuente's words point, were kind of maybe. At this point, I just want us to play. Even if we don't, if if all of our quarterbacks are sitting, well, they won't. Then we, That's the thing. I think it's a certain percentage of your positions. If you don't have them, you're done. That's it. There's like specific things about each position group, and it's not like a common percentage across the board. Uh, offensive linemen seem to be getting like Baylor had their issue with the offensive linemen. That's what I believe caused Virginia Tech's issue uh, for the UVA game. I don't know, man. I just. At this point, I just hate having this happen. These other games that we were watching Saturday, I hate it happening without us playing. It drives me absolutely nuts. So I guess to a point, I just want it to happen one way or another. If it's going to happen, I want it to happen. I, I I don't know. The depth chart came out. There was some interesting guys, like 
a freshman starting on defense where uh, Hunter went mm-hmm. out. That's interesting. Um, he's a really athletic kid and, and a solid recruit, so hopefully he's ready to play. Um, but it'll be, you know, you got to take adversity. That's the game. That's football. That's that's all sports. You, you get adversity. There's injuries. There's people out for one reason or another, and it's all about how you respond. And I don't know if we'll respond well or not, but I'm 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 eager to see us attempt to. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I will say like my interest in college football, and I don't think it's just because Virginia Tech's not playing because usually Virginia Tech is not relevant on the national stage. And so I can watch other college football games and still enjoy them. But I've now watched, I've watched two Saturdays where the football and maybe it's just the matchups or whatever, but I was, it's been hard. Like the one game I thought was going to be a good game wasn't really a good game. And the games that were good games were just like, I don't know. Like Wake Forest NC State is not going to get me jazzed. Uh, yeah, but in normal time, you don't have that on. You don't care about it when it's on, I guess, probably. I mean, you had a full ACC slate, so but you just don't – you'd be – you just wouldn't care about that game when it's on because there'd be multiple other – I mean, I think we're supposed to have, what, Georgia, Alabama was supposed to be on this weekend on the original, original schedule. Like, we would have been watching that and and then Miami and Louisville or whatever else would have been on. Like, it, not missing at least the top half of the Big Ten Conference and the top half of the SEC Conference is a big impact. I mean, that's a lot of good teams out there that like you. Yeah, you but I'm not really... going to I'm not going to be excited when Ohio State opens up against Nebraska and just beats them like a Ren and Mule by 50 points. I mean, I'm not maybe I'll watch it to watch to see if the reporter asked Scott Frost going into the locker room at halftime when his team's down four scores. Are you do you still want to play? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a, uh, my brother-in-law being a Nebraska fan is the reason I like care more about that game. In general, I don't care about that whooping that Ohio state's going to give most teams they play this season. But I, I mean, there was other decent matchups. I thought Penn state had a decent first, first game. Um, do they have, yeah, no, I'm wrong. Indiana. Great. Um, Can't wait. Going to be so jazzed. I don't know. You take one week, any any season, and say the conference doesn't necessarily produce a mind-blowing schedule. The SEC starts this week. They don't produce a mind-blowing schedule by any means. But in general, you take the top, you know, the top four teams, top half teams even, out of these conferences and take them out of your schedule. It's not going to be as awesome a Saturday as that we're used to. We get spoiled every year with these awesome games all season long. So this year, when you only have the ACC and Big 12 playing right now. Yeah, the you don't get all the best matchups. That's that's for sure. So, oh, can I'm, we yeah, can we move on to the Big 12 now cuz I would like to contract that conference from the Power 5 discussion. I think Oklahoma they should have to play the best game? G5 team cuz I'm not sure that the rest of the Big 12 is worthy of Power 5 status. I don't know as ACC fans if we have a whole lot of room to talk, but yeah, uh, it's no, a we like don't. A conference. Okay, but that that further proves my point of letting every conference champion in and see what happens. But I I don't think I I just don't believe that Oklahoma. Look, I want Texas to be good, but that's mainly because of I don't know why. I just want Texas to be good. Um, Oklahoma State is trash. That team. Is yeah, they aren't good. Bad. They aren't good. Every week, Iowa I say State, a team's name and they dumpster are, they fire. Are bad yeah. <laughs> Insert Big Twelve team not named Oklahoma here, and I know they're bad. 
Texas, I don't know yet. But I'm not sold that Texas is bad yet. <sighs> yeah, I'll wait till they get hammered and throttled by Oklahoma before I say that, I guess. But <laughs> But is bad being beat by like Oklahoma is that by three scores not as good if they lose by three scores it means the entire big 12 is a joke outside of Oklahoma just like if Clemson beats every ACC team by three scores everyone in the ACC is a joke we are our conference is not very good I put more money on that than I would see in Oklahoma because Oklahoma gets in those funky games and they get in those games where they don't play defense they 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 play down to their opponent and don't play any defense and they get in these runaway games and they lose one that's why I don't have them as like the two seed because they'll look nothing would make me happier than for Oklahoma to be as miserable as the rest of that conference because I hate that Spencer Rattler kid army last year I hate that Spencer Rattler. They didn't lose. They almost did. But I hate. That's why I said the word nearly. Oh, I didn't hear the word nearly. I just heard (laughs) lost. Um, I hate that Spencer Rattler kid. I cannot stand him. That's right. You talked about him last week. Oh, God. Well. But yeah, Oklahoma State survives because Tulsa just really wanted to lose. Tulsa. Go ahead. You're just so worked up on that Tulsa game. It was bad. Oklahoma State State. I I wanted Tulsa to win that game so bad, and they committed like 100 penalties because they literally couldn't stop committing penalties. I was just sitting there. I was like, my God. Like, that's when the coach just needed to call timeout, walk off the field, and chew his kids out and tell him, you can walk back to campus. We're not taking a bus back. That was poor. Learn how to not flinch. Hokies get going against NC State Saturday Maybe. night at 8. UVA plays Duke 4 p.m. on ACC Maybe. Network. If you have Comcast and you live in the state of Virginia and you like college football, you don't have a lot of luck this week. Sorry, Jeff Wright. In, in normal times, Jeff, I just invite you to my house for the evening, but yeah. uh, I, I I keep a small a small uh, <laughs> bubble in my Yeah, my don't take it personally, Jeff. I'm not in this bubble either. <laughs> Also, I don't, I don't know invite, about inviting. I don't think it's wise for me to invite UVA fans to my house to watch a UVA game. They wouldn't have fun. No, probably not. Um, yeah. I know what I hate about these lack of games, a uh, lack of teams available to play. SEC just getting going. They don't have a lot of great matchups. It forces Florida State and Miami into that Saturday night game. And ACC set the whole conference up in 2003, four, whatever it was, four, to make it where they get Florida State, Miami, and the ACC championship every year. And they'd always have Florida State, Miami on Saturday night football back then. And then they realized those programs are just not perennial, always good. Florida State dropped off. They rose back up, but then they dropped back off again. They're terrible now. Miami's had its ups and downs and most more downs than we probably recognize or we give credit for but here's the game back on Saturday night. We've been having them in the afternoon, and that's where they belong because it's just not a good – it's not a fun game to watch. It's so often I watch that game, and it's not even fun. It's not even – it doesn't mean anything, and it's not even a fun game. Like, you'd think these guys that played against each other in high school, and there's the built-in rivalries, and some of them are friends. Some of them come from the same school. You just get a lot of the same recruiting bases at these two schools. And the game's not fun, and it's usually more about the mistakes that these teams make than it is about the plays make. Yeah, I mean, at least this year, I know one of the teams is probably good. Miami looks pretty good. Miami's decent enough. I mean... Miami scares me. I went from being borderline about the Miami game to being legit scared about the Miami game. So we think Louisville's good. Because they look like See, Louisville's on the fence now for me. Those two flipped. Now I think we're definitely losing the Miami game, and maybe we win the Louisville game. 
Maybe. So if Louisville's not that great, then how great is Miami then? I, mean, I watch that offense light, light them up. I don't think our defense is as fast as Louisville's. I am worried about that. Miami has speed, and they know, and they have a quarterback that can get them the ball now. I just wish we had fans. In How good are we at, against scrambling back. quarterbacks? I know we have a new defensive coordinator this year, so maybe that changes a little bit. But how historically, how good are we against scrambling Not good quarterbacks? Recently. Okay, both of those teams have scrambling quarterbacks. Yeah, you just got to hit Cunningham, Cunningham right in the mouth, and he'll shut up. So, Keen, I don't know. He, I mean, I wasn't that impressed with him in the first game. They played what was it UAB or someone in the first game? Who'd Miami in that? They didn't look that great then. That's why I'm just unsure of just taking the Louisville and writing them home. I don't know what against Florida State. I mean, if they look absolutely perfect against Florida State, maybe that'll hype them up a little bit more for me. But I don't know. It's I'm taking Clemson. I was going to say it's taking Clemson for you to be like, okay, Virginia Tech's not winning that game. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you think we're like the second best team in the ACC. I'm also like slow with Miami because like, I oh everybody always hypes them so much, and then they, I mean, how many national championships have they won since two thousand three? None. So I'm the same number I we just, have, and, they, and it's like every year when they're three and zero, oh, it's like all the swaggers back and all this, and that brings me to this: the sideline stuff's done. I'm done with it. If people are done with gender reveals, I'm done with turnover chains, sideline basketball hoops. Whatever you want to have on the sideline is stupid and stop it. It's it's just stupid. Like it, I don't get how that like is cool. I don't get how people think that is a cool thing. I'm okay with it with Miami because they're the first ones that did it and it kind of fits their brand. Um, I I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid when Miami does it. Pitt having the turnover slam dunk thing, yeah, that's dumb. And I'm not surprised that a Pat Narduzzi team's doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I am with you on every other team in the country doing it. Um, I, with Miami, it's whatever. It's fine. We'll know if Miami's wait. good because after the Florida state game, they play Clemson. So they'll lose that game, but it'll be interesting to see how, how well they can hang. And, and then they're going to play. Pitt. They lose a game and they fall off the face. No, awesome. I think I think after that game, they're going to be mad and they're going to expose Pitt as frauds and they're going to destroy Pitt. Let me tell you, my- I will root for Pitt in no games this year. I want Pitt to <laughs> lose the rest of their games. I cannot stand them. I think I might not like Pitt more than I not like UVA now just because of Pat Narduzzi and his just weasel ways. I cannot right. stand him. Every time his face is on the television, it's a risk that the television is about to go out the window onto the 50-yard line of Robert Morris's football field. I easily dislike UVA more. Um, no. But that's, that's me. No, I think it's because Bronk, I, I don't know. Even though he's coaching at UVA and that's the number one rival for Virginia Tech, I actually respect Bronco Mendenhall. Right. I don't respect Pat Narduzzi. I have zero respect for that guy. I was seeing if we get Catholics versus convicts this year. It doesn't look like we do. So no, we don't. Yeah. All right. Um, NFL. What about it? The Cowboys stole a football. Game. Oh, we're not talking about uh, UCF. That, that's another. No, I don't argument for my G five. 
They're not going to make the playoffs. Cincinnati or UCF, the winner of that game deserves to play Oklahoma for the right to get in the playoff. I do appreciate your want of like make believe matchups in the postseason. Like you always want Riverheads to play the Class Two team. I, re- I mean, I respect that. And and having a Big Twelve team prove themselves against the top group of five team. Like I, I get the one. It's never going to happen. I don't know why you waste your breath on it. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's because idea. the other Power Fives just need to get together and look at the Big Twelve and be like, wait, why do we respect you? Kind of like the Pac-12. We all, we all, the rest of us need to kind of look at them and be like, what have you accomplished? Oh, nothing? Uh, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Since I mean, at USC least the ACC relevant. can hang their hat on Clemson and say, hey, we've been, we've been in national championships and we've won national championships. Yeah. Uh, we have to go back to Marcus Mariota for the Pac-12. And for the Big 12, uh, what are we talking? Landry Jones? Did they win one when he was there? Uh, I don't know. Oklahoma is like consistently there. It like that's the problem with them is like you only have Oklahoma to rest your hat on in there. Like you only have Yeah, one but team. then they don't even show up in the playoff. Like they get steamrolled in the playoff. It's not that you just have one team. It's that they're not even competitive when you have to play the other power fives. So at that point, give me a UCF or somebody when they run the table. Let me at least see what they have. I know what Oklahoma's going to do. What we saw, like when Boise State was making those runs, like we saw them. You mean like when they beat Oklahoma? They had one bowl game where they made they made noise. They had a lot of other bowl games where they got deep because there was like a period of time they were deep every year. Like you know they were undefeated or whatever, and they got into a decent bowl game. They got run out of some of those games. Like, and then they beat Oklahoma, and Utah beat Alabama one year, and UCF beat Auburn. I mean, there's plenty of examples of a G5 team in those BCS games winning, too, especially more recently. Probably more of them not. I'm going to go look it up. Uh, Don't look it up now. Let's talk about it next week. Prove me wrong next week. That's fine. Let's talk about the NFL. Cowboys stole a game. They absolutely should have been beat. They (laughs) failed a fake punt in the first half. They even failed one in the fourth quarter. They had turnovers like crazy. But they know how to onside kick. And that's no, they don't. Atlanta, Atlanta just doesn't, doesn't know how to get them. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not, that wasn't a good onside kick. It was just Atlanta being totally inept at recovering. They thought they had to wait 10 yards. Onside, every other onside kick I saw on Sunday on the Red Zone channel was a high pop-up to the second level where the guy just catches it. So at least this gave their team a chance. If to you did it. that kick against any of the other 30 NFL teams that the Dallas Cowboys could have played Sunday the Dallas Cowboys would would have recovered zero. The Atlanta Falcons recovered, so I don't know what to say. The Atlanta Falcons are the only team that didn't realize they could touch the ball before 10 yards is what it looked like to me. The problem is with that is that that you get nervous with that ball spinning. You you feel like you're going to dive on it, and instead of, like, receiving it, you're just going to knock it away. Like, that's their thought logic. Now, you don't just let it come to 10 yards before to do that. You just got to risk it at eight or nine yards, knowing you have to be the first one to touch it. And you throw your body on the other side of it. That's how I would approach that from a former hands team guy, that you would just put yourself between the next player and the ball and then dive on it and hope for the best. But you can't allow that to cross that 10-yard line mark without doing something. And And then not even be the first one then. They weren't no, even they close weren't. to the ball. They were that's, what, that's why I'm t- saying they don't know how to recover an onside kick. Not only did they let it go 10 yards, they weren't even close. They were all was, standing around like, oh, it's on fire. 
And that gives the Cowboys such an opposite. I mean, they're tied for the division lead now, which, mm-hmm. okay, that's laughable. But one and one, that's fine. You know, there's a lot of decent teams out there that are one and one right now. So I don't think the Cowboys are that great. I think you have them in the playoffs, and that's fine. I don't think they're that great. But if you're 0 2, then they're really like panicking. You know, I mean, it's Jerry Jones. No. He's, he's probably trying to get his influence on McCarthy and whatnot. Like, what are you doing? And this and that. Because it's not like who they play week one, the Rams. Maybe That's a pretty good maybe team. They're that good. But Atlanta's not that great. So if you go 0-2 there, I think I think there's a lot of doubt in Dallas that doesn't really receive doubt very well in the past. Like they don't they they do weird things. So I don't know, Leland. I mean You love Dallas. Uh, oh. Are they supposed to be terrified that they're, they're one they're game behind the Washington football, football team? They're supposed they're supposed to be terrified that they're one game behind the Washington football team for the lead in the NFC East. You what? You realize the Eagles and the Giants are zero and two too. It's not like they're zero and two and they have the Chiefs in their division. Okay, I just I've seen Jerry Jones like all of a sudden be chirping after. Usually, a team looks equal stuff. Usually one of the other teams in the division that looks like a professional football team. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I thought the Gi- after the Giants with the Steelers, I thought the Giants were going to like no. kind of surprise people this year. Yeah, Not we're going to talk about your Steelers here in a minute, buddy. Be a little bit better than what I thought they would be. But them losing Saquon Barkley has a torn ACL. He's out for the year. That That's absolutely going to ruin that from happening. So I'm disappointed because I really I thought I had seen something there. All right, let's talk about my Steelers. My Steelers had a really good defensive effort in the first half and then went to sleep in the second. half. I don't know what that was. It was confusing to me. We've seen some a lot of teams do that this year where they play a good first half and a bad second half. I don't know if we can blame COVID on this for, for my Steelers. I, I am. I'm going to blame some blame something exterior. So, <laughs> okay. but it was I mean, I, they were beating Denver up in the first half. They were putting people out of the game and then. Second half, Denver scored some points, and Steelers just kind of tossed the ball around and see if they could catch it instead of running real plays. I am very interested to see what happens this week with the Steelers because I think they're going to be playing a – now, this is a desperate 0-2 team in the Houston Texans. Texans, they're a decent team. And they're they're, yeah. I think the Texans are better than 0-2, and they're going to be desperate. The Texans' two losses are to arguably two of the best teams in the NFL, in the Chiefs and the Ravens. So they are going to be desperate. And the Steelers are 2-0. and But they didn't look great in that Denver game to me. And I didn't watch the Giants game, so I can't speak to that. But I don't have any respect for the Giants. I didn't have respect for the Giants coming into this week. And before the Saquon Barkley injury, I wasn't watching the Giants going, yeah, this team's good. I mean, I watched that game and I gained some respect for the Giants. So that's just the only difference. I think two weeks ago, I wouldn't have said much for the Giants. Um, okay, but yeah, if, I mean, I, if Pitt I hangs with Virginia Tech, are you going to be disappointed in Virginia Tech, or are you going to have respect for Pitt? This is just a theme. I always think my team's better than they are. What do you want? I'm just saying. I don't like. I don't. I, I think don't, the Steelers the are the fakest. I well, no, the Bears are two and zero. Okay. Never mind. I was going to say the Steelers are the fakest two and zero team, but the Bears do exist, and they are two and zero. I take it back. I just don't know how legit that 2-0 is. The good thing is for the Steelers is that we have the Ravens, or the Ravens, excuse me, the Browns and the Bengals to to get some, you know, four wins there from. So uh, that'll help us. The Bears still have to play some Packers. 
Um, but I think we're better than the Bears in general. We play in a couple weeks. Yes, I would say that you're better than the Bears. Steelers and Ravens play in a couple weeks, but you guys have a big – you guys took care of uh, Houston there, but you guys have a big Monday night football game next yeah. week. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this game's going to go. It's on Monday night. Um, I don't know if we'll record on Monday, and I'll have the game on. Tuesday. It was a post-game conversation I was going to bring up, but I think we record Tuesday. Yeah. This will be the rare double plug. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or however you listen to make sure you don't miss it whenever we put it up. But, yeah, next week's going to be interesting. I just hate – I don't know. After last time, I feel like we're tempting fate to not record when we usually do in case the power goes out again. But <laughs> – We'll see. Um, no, I mean, I want to watch that game. So either record early or record on Tuesday, one of the two. But anyway. Um, yeah, uh, this is the one thing I will say about the Ravens. We are very, very good. I am a little worried, and I kind of want to see this in the regular season rather, versus the postseason. But And this game will be a great test for it, I think. If we go behind, what happens? Because we've we've played out front both games start to finish. Um, we haven't had to play from behind this year. We fell behind early in that playoff game last year against the Titans, and we got run out. So um, we'll see. We lost to the Chiefs in a heartbreaker the year before. I think the Chiefs are really good. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes is, I think, the best quarterback in the league. I think Lamar Jackson is up there. Lamar Jackson has been more accurate this year than he has in the past. I hope that continues. We got to find those tapes of you just trashing him. Yeah, I hope that continues. Uh, In my defense, he's gotten (laughs) he's gotten better each off season. Um, But yes, I was wrong about Lamar Jackson, um, and he is uh, he is the season. If he ever gets hurt, then the Ravens are done. Um, But as long as he's healthy and we can keep going, uh, I hope like RG three sitting behind him. Yeah, I don't love that. Um, I I hope we can hang in this game, and if we win it, great. Um, but I I I will say this: if the Ravens find themselves down one or two scores in this game, I almost kind of want that to happen because I want to see if we can come back from it. If we can come back from it against the Chiefs, we can do it against anyone. But I I almost want to fall behind two scores in this game because if we lose, <laughs> it's one regular season loss. It's not the end of the world. But uh, if we're if we're up the entire time, I'm gonna leave this game wondering what happens if we don't get up on a team early. Like, what happens if we fall behind? That's what I want to learn yeah. about the Ravens this week. You'll be tested at some point, though. Too. I mean, like, okay, even if you have a good game against the Chiefs, and you, if we run the Chiefs, the let me time. say this: if we run the Chiefs out, I am zero yeah. percent scared of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. That's the thing about that division, though. You get those weird games. You get the weird games in division where the teams really know each Your other. Your schedule. Yikes. You play Houston this week, so we'll see. Uh, then you play at Tennessee. Yep. So you guys could be 2-2. Two and two. Yep. And then you play the Eagles. You'll win that game. The Eagles are terrible. I love the Eagles being bad. I'm sorry, John. I know you're an Eagles fan, but God, I love and then we play you guys after that, right? Yep. Yeah, that's fun. No, you we'll play the Browns and then us. Well, so you could get two wins to rebound and be four and two, in All a right, worst so case the, scenario or a best case scenario if you're me. 
the football team came back down to earth. Uh, you know, all the fans were mm. bragging about, you know, one and zero in franchise history, which is not accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the football team did take the loss out at Arizona. I, I can't, I should have looked it up. I feel like I, every time they go out to Arizona, I'm watching it and they lose. So I, I want to see what their record is at Arizona. Cause it can't be great. Not recently. Uh, but they're one and one now, still tied for the division lead. I, I've seen less bragging about the division lead this week on Twitter for the Washington Washington football team. Uh, but yeah, they're they're sitting there. Quarterback looking rough. Haskins not not looking great. Even in the win the week before, especially that first half was pretty rough. Second half was better, and then this whole game against Arizona wasn't great. Um, the defense is there. <sighs> But you still gave up 30. Uh, Arizona, I mean, that's something to kind of come out of this. Kyler game. Murray's good. They, yeah. They beat San Francisco last week. And I mean, what more do you, I mean, they came out and took care of business this week against the Washington football team. So Arizona might just be that underrated team. And mm-hmm. we neither, we all picked the three other teams somehow to get in the playoffs out of that division. And Arizona's looking tough. There's going to be some great games coming out of that division this year. And with the 49ers injuries that they had this this week um and i know that's going to be a thing you want to talk about here in a minute right here, right here. but um maybe the cardinals steal a playoff spot there from the 49ers because maybe. those injuries are not going to be good and that's that's already a tough division i think the other three teams in that division are great if the cardinals are better than expected then somebody's gonna ha- someone's gonna get left yeah, out someone's so out. um yeah and i mean if San Francisco, the quarterback went out uh what's his face garoppolo um, Garoppolo went out, and then they lost Bosa. Bosa's out for the year. Garoppolo, yeah. we're still waiting to hear, I guess, what all that is, but Bosa's out. And well, Bosa and Moser got hurt, too, the running back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot missing from their defense there. Um, but, I mean, there was a lot of injuries this weekend. That's been, like, what everybody's been talking about on the radio today. So Quan Barkley already mentioned. Uh, Broncos lost a couple guys, including their quarterback, uh, Drew Locke. Steelers knocked those guys out of the game. Um Christian McCaffrey going down for Carolina. That's huge on that team. A team that probably wasn't doing a whole lot anyway, but out four to six weeks. That's, that's just tough for a new coach and everything. I, I would expect he's going to get a couple of years to give it a try there. Um, but they might be looking at a pretty high draft pick this year. If, if with Christian McCaffrey going out, um, Tyrod though, that's what I want to get to uh, is Ty. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you get to Tyrod, I, I want to go back to the team. Cause they, we talked about who everybody's playing. They're playing Cleveland this week. And looking at their schedule, that feels kind of like a must-win because after Cleveland, they have the Ravens the and the Rams. Mm. If you lose to Cleveland, I think you're staring one and four dead in the face, and I don't think you come back from that. I don't think that team comes back from that for sure. I mean, it's hard for anybody, but that, that team that doesn't have a winning tradition to build on. I mean, the Steelers one year started out like one and three or something and then built back to a playoff team, but that's a team that goes to the playoffs every single year. You know, Houston, Owen two. I'm not scared of them. They've been in the playoffs now, in that division these last couple of years. Yeah. The, the, the football team doing that, they don't have that experience to rely on. So yeah. I, I'll I think- also say this. I don't think this is any indictment on Ron Rivera. If they start out one and four, no, I don't think anyone was thinking playoffs at the beginning of the year. They kind of stole a game against Philly after coming down from seventeen nothing. Um, so, but if they if they're two and one, and you know you lose the other two, and you're two and three going into the Giants game, then you know maybe playoffs. Seven teams make it now in the NFC and the AFC. So who knows? But I, I would say yeah. if I was a if I was a fan of the team, this week feels like a must win. 
Rivera, Rivera is not that coach that they brought in there to immediately turn it around and make it perfect right now. He's not, you know, let's make a run with this coach kind of guy. He's a, he's the marriage coach. You know, he's the he's the guy you marry, and he, you're going to go through the good times and the bads with him. And you know that, you know, this is the the new marriage where there's no money and one of them's unemployed and <laughs> you're fighting through everything and eating ramen for dinner. That's where this franchise is. So if you start out with a couple bills missed right here and don't get these wins, you know, you have an opportunity to rebound and, and you can get them paid and you call who you need to and get what you need and get better for next year and that kind of thing. But yeah, it, the Rivera is the long-term solution or at least set it in the right motion kind of guy and, and give them, three, four years at least. And uh, so, yeah, nothing this year, no matter what happened, one in one in 15, it wouldn't be great, but you're not firing him. So um, there's that. Uh, but I do want to talk about Tyrod. Yeah. Uh, Tyrod had chest pains, had to go to the hospital. Uh, and so he was out for that game. He was in uniform. He was in the stadium, uh, but they played Herbert. And then Herbert did a lot of good things. He, he wasn't perfect by any means, but he didn't really do a lot to hurt his team throughout the day. And it gave the Chargers a chance to win that football game going into overtime against the Chiefs, who we've already anointed as, you know, one of the best teams. They won the Super Bowl last year and they're already back. So doesn't look good for Tyrod. All the indications from after the game and today from their coach has been, hey, Tyrod's our quarterback. And if he's healthy, he's going. I just wonder if, Herbert, if Herbert gets another week and he plays good. Does Tyrod just have some other injury that is going on that <laughs> that's why they're not putting him in? You know, if make him not be not healthy and, and keep him out because I mean it happens. I mean, that's how Lou Gehrig got his shot. Like Lou Gehrig got on the field because he the guy in front of him got injured. And now, you know, we we all know who Lou Gehrig is. This happens all the time, especially in football. So often. I mean, Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback in in, in New England. And then he wasn't because Tom Brady, Tom Brady came in and took care of well, business. And then he was the quarterback in Dallas. And then he wasn't. And Tony Romo started. Yeah. And then, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger started like that. He wasn't supposed to start yet. He was supposed to get a year off. And then uh, uh, Tommy Maddox went down. <laughs> in comes Ben. And he, he won every single game the rest of that season, including the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just or, – or no, they lost in the playoffs. And then the next year they won the Super Bowl. I mean, you just – he got in and took over. So it happens all the time. So Herbert – in game number two of the season being a rookie out of Oregon. And I didn't think a whole lot of Herbert. He looked, he did what he needed to do that game. So if he, if he looks good again this week, it'll, it'll be hard for Tyrod to kind of get a spot back. Yeah. Look, I like Tyrod. I don't know what the Chargers head coach is thinking when he says that if he's healthy, he's starting him. Uh, You just had your rookie quarterback go toe to toe with the defending Super Bowl champs. And really, the only reason maybe you didn't win is because you got scared and punted on a fourth down in overtime. Why did they punt that? I know it's fourth and three, and I know if you don't get it, you're giving the Chiefs the ball in good field position, but can we be honest? When they punted, did anybody think the Chargers are getting this ball back? Because I know I didn't. I mean, the Chargers get the Panthers this week, too. That's a winnable game. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah. And they're hosting them too. So the Panthers got to come across country to play the Chargers. Maybe you just start your rookie and just get a win. I, I like think- Tyrod, but I the guy has had bad luck. I he's never been anywhere where I thought they actually believed in him. I mean, he got drafted by the Ravens and then had to play behind Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco oh. wins a Super Bowl. He's never going to get on the field. Um 
He goes to Buffalo. He gets Buffalo to a playoff. And then the Bills, for whatever reason, decide Nathan Peterman should be the quarterback. And they still gave up on him. And then they didn't go back to him because I don't know. And then uh now he's a charger and he goes to Cleveland and Baker and then they, Oh that's they right, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. And now he's with the Chargers and he has that weird, bizarre chest injury as they kept calling it on the red zone. And uh Herbert comes in and looks great. So I just looked- I, I don't know. I don't know how you would keep playing him cleaning that up just a touch. It sounds somewhat serious. Like he was at the hospital for it, you know? So like it's odd. Yeah. I I didn't see it. All they kept, all Chris Hansen kept saying was it's a bizarre pregame chest injury. Yeah. I hope he can play this week because that's going to give himself a chance. Cause I, I just have the fear if he doesn't play this week, I'm worried about what this chest injury is for him as a person. But then second, I think he's lost. I'll say this. If, if he does play, and they lose, I think you fire that coach. Right there. That's dumb. You lose a game to it that you have no business losing to the Panthers, and you do it because you played a guy after you benched your rookie QB after he went toe-to-toe with the defending MVP and the Super Bowl champions. That's goofy. Super Bowl MVP, sorry. Yeah, I don't think they're firing him after three weeks, but that's fine. You like to fire people on the on the tarmac. When it's so. when it's dumb, yes. <laughs> also, Dan Quinn should be fired. While we're talking about firing people, the Atlanta Falcons coach should absolutely be fired. To lose that game, you get fired. I don't know why they keep losing these games. I mean, it's just you know the team that scores thirty nine points and has zero turnovers, or I think those was thirty plus points and doesn't turn it over was 440 and 0 before Sunday. It was that two point conversion too. You called it out as well. They went for two. It was for no good so reason. dumb. Yeah. They're like, Oh, well, we want to make it 28 to seven. I'm like, or just kick the extra point and make it 27 to seven. What was hilarious was everybody on Twitter at the time. Like, why are you doing this? Like it was, and at the time, like the, yeah. the you know, the, they have Twitter handles of that. This didn't age. Well, this, those aged perfectly. Like everybody called that out an hour and a half before it mattered and well, and because it was just here's funky. the other bizarre thing, right? Like Mitch McCarthy gets rewarded for sucking at math. Like his team's down 15. They score a touchdown. You kick the extra point, extend the game. No, he goes for two and fails. Okay. Now you're down yeah. two scores. Genius. Yeah, like good job. Now yeah. he still makes it because again, the Atlanta Falcons hands team is apparently allergic to the football. So they didn't want to get anywhere near it in case they broke out in hives. So Dallas gets the onside kick. And then goes down the field and kicks it, which hats off to Brad. Joined the was sat out the group text the entire day while his Cowboys are just getting killed <laughs> in the group text until they kick the game-winning field goal. I also love that that's yeah. the only time the Dallas Cowboys were winning in the game <laughs> as the clock expires. Is the perfect gift too. I all respect to Brad on that. He just oh. Came in, came in like a wrecking ball. There, it was awesome. Uh, the Saints and Packers play next week too. That's the Sunday night football game. That's that should another be one a, to mention. That should be a good game. Saints will either be two and zero or one and one after this Raiders game on Monday Night Football that we're recording during. Uh, but either way, that's a good game. I mean, it's just a good matchup. Packers offense is making it happen, so that'll be fun. Could be a shootout. Mm-hmm. We'll be recording during. Oh no, that's Sunday Night Football, so we'll get to see that. All right, baseball. One week left. Final week. Most teams have six to eight games left. Uh, depending on how many doubleheaders you're getting slammed into right now. Um, I don't think any of our three teams that we like to talk about every week are going to make it. Um, 
unless you have some scenario that you think the Orioles are going to make it, Joe. I'm not saying it's likely, but I'm saying there's a chance. We were four and a half. Now we needed the Yankees. It felt I felt dirty rooting for the Yankees, but I'm doing it for the greater good of the Orioles potentially making the playoffs. Now it looks like we're going to have to win out, which I don't love, and yeah. the Blue Jays are going to have to lose out, which is but, highly hey, unlikely. But hey, three of those, your last three games are against the Blue Jays. You're going yeah, to have to win. We just need to be within three games. We just need to be within three games. We're going to be five back Boston. now because Sweet the New York Boston Yankees decided to be hilarious to go out and just lay down like a bunch of dead dogs. I hate Aaron Boone and Brett Garner so much. <laughs> Don't worry. We have plenty of weeks to talk about the Yankees. Uh, this is the last week you have to hear about the Orioles. listeners. Oh, I hope they get swept out so hard by the Twins. That's who they would play right now, I think. Unless, I don't know. Isn't Major League Baseball doing something dumb where the top teams pick who they're playing or something? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Oh, I hate it. I put a bunch of scenario things here, but I do think that's right. I forgot about that. It, I didn't read that today when I was putting this stuff down because I wanted to talk about the schedule. Um, start Googling that while I talk, because, uh, that's a weird, that is a weird thing, but who's eliminated is Boston and Texas in the AL and Arizona and my Pittsburgh pirates in the NL. And basically every day this week, more teams will be eliminated. Uh, Washington nationals, watch out, uh, (laughs) your, your clock's ticking Kansas city Royals, and then go right up the list. Like you said, Baltimore pretty much needs to win out. I don't, I don't see a lot of scenarios where they get in unless they only lose one or win out. Um, they get Boston early in the week and then the Blue Jays. So they'll probably be able to take care of their own business there. But what I'm excited about is the Padres this season. And I called it when we did our uh, predictions. I thought the Padres are going to be better than expected. Honestly, and I think you agree. I think you said it. The Padres have probably exceeded expectations. I mean, they're 34 and 20. They have the second best record in the NL. Um to the Dodgers who are in their division. So San Diego will have to, or no, I think they do get to host. They'll ho- they'll, they'll get to host a first round wild card game because they're the four seed. Um, so they'll either get the fifth place team or the last pick, I guess, of teams uh, to play. They're not doing that this year. Great. Uh, so they'll get the fifth place team and that's Miami. See what happens. The cool thing about the wild card round. Um, yeah. More teams are in it, but in the wild card series, all those top four seeds get to host the bottom four seeds that are coming to them. And all three games are in that one ballpark, all on the home field of the higher seed team. So that's a little interesting thing there. Um, It's all at the home ballpark. Obviously the other team will get to be home team for the second game. So then after the wild card series. Oh, that's not true. Their home team in all three games. I thought it was just in home park. That's the way I read it. Oh, the wild card round is at the higher seed. Yeah. It's Correct. yeah. The division series is when they're doing that dumb bubble. God, yeah. That's so dumb. dumb bubble. I like the, I like the bubble anyway, division I series, don't. division series is where we get some locations for this. The AL will be played in San Diego and at Dodger stadium. The NL will be played in Texas at Texas's new stadium in Arlington and then in Houston. Um, and then you go to the LCS where the AL will stay at San Diego, the NL will be at Texas Globe Life Stadium, and then World Series all at Texas Globe Life Stadium. So I like the bubble. I like that they're limiting the travel. You're not going back and forth city to city. I just, once you throw fans at it, that's what I do. That's why it's dumb. 
Yeah, if you don't have fans, okay. But if you're ha- if they're the MLB is talking about like wanting to have fans at these games, I'm like, well, then what's the point of doing this? Keep them in the upper deck, or don't let them no, in. No, don't, don't let, let them, them in. in. We've gotten through that. Like, look how how poorly this. Leave started. it to baseball to mess this up. Rob Manfred Miami, is such an idiot. Miami, St. Louis, you know, two playoff teams. To Philadelphia, Philadelphia had problems, didn't they? Philadelphia Cincinnati, had problems. The Those A's had to sit out games. The Rays have had to sit out games. I think the White Sox have had to sit out games. All these playoff teams have had to sit out games at some point, I believe. With no fans in the stadium. So let's not add, like, we're, we've got this far. Just just do what's working. Yeah, how could like we make this? Yeah, how could we make sure that we don't finish the season? What What's something we haven't tried yet to mess this up? Oh, I know. Let's bring fans. But again, it's all about money. That's all the owners care about. So they see a chance to make money and charge fans, which, by the way, you're talking about the teams not having to travel. Guess who's going to have to travel? All the fans of these teams if they want to watch these games, other than the wild card round. So Great. that's the schedule we have ahead of us. We'll be talking a lot about postseason baseball here because we're both excited about it. Um, there's more teams than I would necessarily like, but in this odd year with only 60 games, I'm completely fine with it this year. I just... I don't want them to just, if it's fun that first week of October, if it's really fun, I don't want them to think, oh, well, this will work always. It's just going to work this year, and then let's get closer back to normal next year. Maybe maybe some aspects we find that we like and we can continue, but not this many teams. It's too many teams. Well, I got news for you. Rob Manfred likes it. I like those one-off wild card games. Rob Manfred likes this many teams. Then make them one-offs, but don't. No, if you're gonna have eight, make it three. I, I, I think if you're in the playoffs, it should be a best of three. Each city should have a chance to host. If you, if you're saying a team made the playoffs, reward time, them. Yeah, reward them. Yeah, I then then go back down to six teams. Is my opinion. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. All right, NBA playoffs. Lakers are up two zero on Denver. They play again Tuesday. Not much to say there. Anthony Davis had a big game on the shot Sunday night. Uh, the Heat are up to one on the Celtics. They took Monday night off uh, to kind of get things back, even with these series. And also, I guess they didn't want to go up against Monday night football. Uh, that's what and, it was. Yeah. And so uh, they'll both be, you know, game four on back to back nights and, and they'll be on the same same schedule there. But I don't know. I the weekends, both these last two weekends, and it was kind of a point I had to bring up last week. I just have I lost track of basketball i lost track of anything but football these last two weekends it was the u.s open in golf every other year i am at least paying attention to what's going on there i might not watch hours of it but it happens in june i'm at least aware that it's going on probably on sunday i'm cutting it on i i did not watch a stroke of golf this weekend i didn't know what channel it was on i didn't do anything towards watching any kind of golf this weekend uh so the schedule this Pushing the U.S. Open into September really hurt that. I would imagine ratings for that are way down. Fine. I just – golf schedule, this falls to me weird. I just don't know what I'm going to do when I get some Masters because I know how little I've paid attention to anything but football on these weekends, including NBA basketball, that I'm paying a lot of attention to during the week. When it comes to Masters weekend, I don't I don't know, man. It, it, it might be the – I know I'm talking to someone that doesn't watch any golf, but I'm just – I'm kind of making the point. I do, and I will probably not even turn, tune in – that much it's masters i'll tune in some i'll see what the golf course looks like in october i guess but that's about it Mm. yeah i didn't i didn't watch the u.s open like every other year it felt great 
I didn't watch the NBA playoffs though. I didn't yeah, watch I mean, game I, three. I missed, I missed the big shot. I, I, it was later in the evening. Uh, Halsey was tweeting about it. So I saw it on I was Twitter. I taking a shower and I got out and realized what had happened on Twitter. So yeah, I saw Halsey going nuts on Twitter about it. So I, I heard about it that way, but I guess I don't follow Halsey. Halsey and one is her basketball Twitter. She has a Twitter okay. just for her basketball opinions. Okay. <laughs> just saying. I know we host a podcast where we just say our opinions about stuff. And so it probably is contradictory, but like I could care less what she has to say about. <laughs> about wow. I like very on 2020 of you, Leland. I don't you know have, how many songs of her I actually like. A lot have of them are annoyingly, uh, you know, get in your brain and won't let go. But uh, I'm a big Halsey fan. I like her music. Eh, I'm not. Honestly, probably because like most of her songs, when it comes on the radio, I just go ahead and let's see what's on the other channel, kids. Yeah, <laughs> you can't listen to them with kids in the car, most of them. Yeah. Even the edited version on, on the pop channel. Yeah, still, the edited version can be a little little dicey <laughs> speaking of which i know we talked about uh oh what do we call it wap um have you heard the edited version of that <laughs> that is hilarious I, have, <laughs> I heard that for the first time this weekend oh god that's as funny as watching the falcons recover an onside kick what's been tough for me at work is that we're at the point of the job where we're really worried about you know, finishes and all the utilities working and, and data hookups and the wireless access points, the WAPs, the WAPs is all they call it. Yeah, the WAPs. So just having <laughs> having these architects and owners and everybody just, well, where are the WAPs and why didn't we get the WAPs? And you got to have the WAPs. <laughs> it's just, it's just tough for me. <laughs> me and the one other guy that's under 40 involved in the project management uh, just sit there and just kind of smirk at each other. <laughs> oh my gosh some, I could not be in that work. meeting I could not be in that meeting I would laugh too hard Yeah, I mean I have some emails about WAPs so, Yeah uh, you got some buckets of mops <laughs> <laughs> Alright let's get out of this block Alright folks welcome to the D block We're skipping the middle block just for fun today um giving y'all a break <laughs> yeah since we're already over an hour uh but i'll give it to leland for what is dominating his life so i am a product of the 80s so my childhood was dominated by the 1993 film jurassic park and i've brought it up many times on this podcast uh especially when we first showed it to my oldest daughter now we all watch it Basically, if it's a good if it's a good enough movie from the early 90s, we kind of don't care how scary it is for them. They just need to live through it. Uh, so that's the kind of wow. parents we are. So what's produced that is they they love them and they, they enjoy the movies a lot, especially my oldest. And so we've watched all the Jurassic Park, Jurassic Worlds. And um, I've you know taught her the proper feelings on how good which ones are. Uh, like Lost World's not great. It's it's better before they get to the San Diego than it like falls off. Uh, the latest one, the second of the Lost World, was the worst, absolutely terrible. Um, but hey, they're filming another one right now, so I'm sure we'll go see it. But in the meantime, on Netflix, they released Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, and it's animated, and it is aimed at children. Mm-hmm. And the 
fun thing about it is it is like happening in the same timeline as the lost as Jurassic world movie as where the two brothers come to the Island and uh, are supposed to meet up with their aunt and then everything falls apart. And there's the crazy dinosaur that they created. It happens during that time period on the Island, but it's, it's not really interconnected with those characters at all. It's just that dinosaur getting loose impacts them and all that for a kids directed animated show, which I have seen many of these on Netflix and other. I liked it. I thought it was good. It was the subject matter that I enjoy um, of Jurassic park. And, um, but it was actually like, I thought it was some compelling stories, like the character building that they did. I thought was pretty good, especially with the main character. Um, it's still aimed at kids. So, you know, the peril you're not expecting kids to be, you know, just eaten in like in the movies, you'll get like somebody that's there, you know, the lawyer, he'll get eaten off the toilet or, uh, you know, the owner of the park in the lost world will fly his helicopter into the glass bird place and die. Um, you don't have as much of that peril though. Late in the season, there's, there's a little bit of something there. Um, I liked it. I sometimes has a little bit of uh, hesitation with some of the movies. This was nice being a cartoon. She really had none of that. So she was really able to enjoy it. And so we enjoyed it as a family I, and we liked it. And um, I'm not saying, Hey, Joe, go watch this because <laughs> I don't think you'll enjoy it. But for a family thing, for it being Jurassic Park, I really liked it. My kids really liked it. They want to watch it again. We're probably going to watch Mandalorian again before we watch this again. But I liked it. When you say kids directed, you mean it's directed towards no, kids? No, directed towards kids. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah like when you said kids directed, I was like, wait, wait, animation. wait. This sounds like a bad precedent by Disney that's going to set up a well, number of Disney, terrible, yeah, terrible that's ideas. Fine. Um, Oh, that's true. Jurassic isn't owned by Disney. Not yet. Give and this is like uh, Amblin, uh, you know, John Williams, yeah, yeah, or not yeah, John yeah, yeah. Williams, Steven Spielberg is mm -hmm. part of this project. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a executive producer. Um, and then also DreamWorks. The, honestly, the, the there's Spirit, and I know one of our listeners in particular will know what Spirit is, the horse. Uh, I there was know a movie. what Spirit is. Well, now there's a Spirit series on Netflix and the animation is actually pretty similar. Like it just, it's computer, computer animated, but it still reminds me of that it's a lot better than that show. And my daughter loves that. Cause it's about horses, a, a girl and horses. And oh, it's, I hate it. Uh, but like, it's so inconsistent of a series. You don't have that problem in this Jurassic world. Camp Cretaceous. It's like they sat down. Here's eight episodes. Let's make it. Let's go. Now they set themselves up for future seasons. We'll see if that happens, but it was, it was overall good. I liked it. Can you do me a favor? Uh, can you pronounce that camp? Cretaceous? I want to double check that. Camp Cretaceous? It's Cretaceous. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, if we're trying to be educational. <sighs> if we're trying to be educational here, Leland. All right, let's be wrap educational. this thing up. All right. <laughs> what's dominating my life? And I, I, I always give Leland a hard time. I tell him soccer is the sport of the future and he always laughs at me. And you know what? I'm going to, this week, I'm going to say I'm starting to think Leland might be right because I'm watching just it, company after company put this stuff behind a paywall. Liverpool versus Chelsea is two big six, or they call the big six, the, the top six teams in England. Two of the 
Big Six facing off early in the season. It's a huge match. And I couldn't watch it because they put it behind a peacock paywall. NBC didn't used to do this. They've always had the paywall, but they usually kept the big matches off the paywall. Um, Now they're putting it behind it because they want to build up this peacock premium stuff. Um, And I refuse to pay for peacock premium. I will not do that. Um, That's where I will put my flag down uh, and say, no, that's a bridge too far. Uh, I got I ESPN plus the only reason I do it is because it's the financially advantageous bundle with Hulu and Disney plus. Otherwise I would drop ESPN plus in a heartbeat. I think they do a, a disaster of a job when they're doing the live stream of soccer games. Um, so it's just frustrating because I think a smart executive could really make a lot of money in live sports, putting this on live television and having it on. Um, I don't know what NBC put on at 11.30 a.m. I think they put on just a different soccer match with two lesser sides with two lesser sides on. Uh, I'm not 100% sure um, because once I noticed I couldn't get it on Peacock Premium, I just kind of checked out. Um I went to go get lunch at that point and was like, well, I guess I'll just get ready for the football games today. And that'll, that'll be what I do today instead of watching my soccer team win two nil, uh, which would have been fun to watch, but, uh, whatever. Thanks. NBC Peacock, um, Liverpool's next game against Arsenal, which is another one of the big six is also behind the Peacock paywall. So that'll be fun. Um, I'm sure they'll put the Manchester City versus Liverpool matches, which are one, two, the two teams that are expected to compete for the league title. Uh, I'm sure they'll put those behind a paywall for fun too, just to try to get people to pay $5.99 a month or $4.99 a month or whatever it is for Peacock. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Peacock can go bleep themselves. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that for no good reason. Uh, NBC. <laughs> NBC has seen the product go up in ratings year after year. What is the one thing that has kept cable alive? It has been live sports. Oh, let's put that behind a paywall. Let's see if we can make it to where no one will, our advertisers will be hard pressed to make money or pay us. Advertisers love that thing being on cable TV because that's the only thing they have on cable TV. Now look, if the if the cable companies like Comcast and whatever all died off, that would be just fine by me because I think they're crooks anyway. But it it leads to this problem that we're having of it gets to the point where cutting the cord is no longer cheaper when you have to sign up for all these other things to watch what you want to watch. When you have to sign up for Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon and FX and HBO Max and Apple TV and Peacock, like it gets to a point where you just have to look at it and go, all right, well, this isn't advantageous either. That's going to help. The cable companies love this. I think originally it scared the cable companies, but once they saw the amount of people trying to do this, they're like, okay, fine. We're still the cheapest game in town because we can allow people to access that stuff if they have a cable subscription. So that's what's going to keep cable companies alive is when each one of these networks tries to do their own independent thing. I just, I I don't understand how you have with NBC, uh, a network that has done such a good job with the premier league and its promotion 
to then take that and shove it behind a paywall like ESPN Plus, who does this with soccer and then goes, oh, soccer ratings are down on ESPN. Yeah, because it's never on, because you put the MLS on. It's like if, if instead of showing varsity high school football on Friday nights, ESPN was like, well, we want to show the JV games, and we'll put the varsity games behind a paywall on ESPN+. Plus." Wow, no one's watching high school football. Yeah, because we don't want to watch a bunch of ninth graders run out there and fall all over themselves. I just, I, I don't know. You started with Leland was right, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave it there. Be better, NBC, and death to Peacock. Anyway, um, let's move on to what I know that you need to know. Uh, I saw a funny tweet from Phony Bennett, which is usually it's a UVA Twitter account, a UVA fan account. Um, but usually. I ignore those tweets, um, but you know, occasionally he has something that makes me laugh, and this was one of them. Uh, talking about kind of what we did earlier when I kept saying when Leland kept saying that Virginia Tech's playing this Saturday, and I said, "Well, we'll see." Um, along those lines, what's is, funny right now? Hey, what's funny right now is because I have a lot of things to talk about here in a second. But NC State currently on Twitter, like there's NC State fans like making like, "Oh, stop complaining that you don't have enough players. Let's play football." Like. They're the reason we're playing this week because they had to cancel the game on September 12th. It's just, oh my goodness. Fans are ignorant. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the tweet is, we need a Tinder-like app to facilitate football teams in finding a replacement game for those times when the other team has to cancel. And then it quotes uh, a Tinder bio that they would use. COVID negative team, ISO, which stands for in search of like-minded team for Saturday engagement must provide proof of clean test results can host or come to you. Now here's the problem with that idea. You're going to get a lot of weird, weird bios that you're going to come across on other teams. Eventually you're going to get some stuff that's, you know, uh, not really looking for a game, just looking for practice. You're going to get some, uh, already have another team, but looking for somebody to watch or you can play us. And then one of us will watch. Uh, you're going to get some weird stuff if you come across that. And trust me, I'm speaking from experience on Tinder. That's what you're going to run into if you have that Tinder-like experience. So maybe maybe Tinder-ish, but not Tinder-like. Because Tinder-like, I feel like you're saying, we want to take Tinder, the Tinder version, and make this. Maybe you want a swipe situation, but you don't want Tinder. Tinder is, no. You don't want Tinder, trust me. Good. Good advice. I don't follow Phony Bennett or any Bennett for that matter. So, uh, I who's just, Pitt's basketball what... coach? Maybe I'll maybe I'll root for them to lose to UVA too. Because right. even though Tony Bennett is coaching UVA basketball, and I don't want UVA basketball to win any more national championships, I do think he's a good coach, and I respect him. Yeah, I, I can't say I the same for Pitt's unknown that. coach. I can't argue with that. All right, what I know that you need to know, and I have at least two things, three things to talk about here. Uh, the first is the most important, which I think is awesome. We have a guy, a Stanton native, uh, Warner Terry Howard. Uh, he is writing, he wrote a book about African-American athletes in Stanton. Uh, and basically any African-American athlete that played in Stanton or Augusta County, he's tried to include in his book and, and talk about what they did in this area. And then also what they went on to go and do from there. Um, so I guess you, you had to achieve a, a certain level to uh, make the book. 
Um, but it's great. And uh, I saw it on NBC12.com and we'll share the link because uh, it's a great thing that he's produced here. Um, so I would recommend people reading that article and then probably looking into that book. because It's just a good way to highlight the achievements of some African-American athletes from our area. And uh, I think it'd be great for uh, local kids of all colors uh, to know the successes that have come from those athletes playing in the, you know, playing in the same gyms that we cover basketball in when we're covering on the same football fields that we call games on, uh, what these people were able to achieve uh, on those fields and then beyond. So uh, I think that's a great opportunity. Um, any kind of any any local people producing uh, top quality products like that, um, you know, I, and this this is aimed in one certain area, but you know, Patrick Height wrote a book on the streak and, and um, Ari Lee's high school's lawn basketball streak. And then they have the lawn history there of all the great basketball that's happened there. Um, and there's probably a lot of crossover information <laughs> from those books. Um, Cause a lot of the athletes would have to be mentioned in this book um, from Terry Howard. But um, any, anytime these local guys are producing uh, lawn form stuff like that is, is great to pick up and, and support them uh, because it's good stuff. So I want everybody to know about that. Um, we'll see if we can talk about that maybe more in the future. We'll have a feeler out on that. Uh, other stuff I want to talk about why didn't, is the why big didn't news. NBC 29 put this on theirs? They're the more local one. NBC 12 is in Richmond. I don't know what to tell you, man. Mm. I think this guy doesn't live in Stanton anymore, so that might be the uh, uh maybe they uh, I'll go there. Anyway, it's fine. I'm not gonna bash any other local media for NBC 12 putting out some interesting information there. Uh, anyway, uh, we will move on to the breaking news on Monday night in NASCAR. We didn't hit on it earlier, but Denny Hamlin, who is currently drives for Joe Gibbs racing rides in that FedEx number 11, and he will continue to, but he is starting a team with Michael Jordan. Uh, so it'll be based out of Charlotte and they will run a single car team next year. And Bubba Wallace will be driving that race car so that is a huge opportunity for Bubba Wallace a uh, very interesting opportunity for Danny Hamlin to start a team that he won't initially be driving for um, and then also bringing Michael Jordan into the fold and, and being part of that and have Michael Jordan being a part owner of a NASCAR team that's really interesting stuff so there I, I think it's good for NASCAR this is happening uh, bringing a name like Michael Jordan to your sport is not a bad thing it does not matter what you want to say. It's not a bad thing. Uh, Denny Hamlin uh, is of that level. I mean, he's of that level like Tony Stewart was, like Earnhardt. You know, like he is a top-notch NASCAR driver, and starting a team makes good sense for him. And then the fact that they picked Bubba Wallace, like him or not, he's one of the most famous race car drivers currently. Um, I know he's trying to get some wins, and they're going to want him to get some wins. Um, but he has a lot of fame from things that have happened to him and around him and things he said and the NASCAR collectively standing up for him and supporting him as the only African-American driver. So it it's it's all around a very interesting thing that's happening in that sport. And I guess at Daytona, we'll see it all start. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I will say the one thing that's weird, and it's not just here. You mentioned Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt. And it was the same for both of those guys as well. I've always thought it was weird that, you know, these drivers can have their own teams and then not race for those teams. I just, NASCAR is the only sport where that's like a thing. Uh, you don't see football players be like, I think I want to own a team. And then 
they don't play for that team. Um, that just doesn't happen. So I, I think that's, it's the one sport that like when that happens, I'm like, how does that not create like a conflict of interest at some point in a race? But I would assume like this team will be driving Toyotas, So they'll at least have like that connection. Oh, I'm sure they will. And I'm sure Denny Hamlin is going to very much. It'll be, even though it's a one car team, Bubba Wallace will basically have at least one partner in Denny Hamlin. Yeah. And I would imagine the rest of, I think it's Joe Gibbs racing that he still drives for. I imagine the rest of Joe Gibbs racing will basically be de facto partners because I'm sure they'll share engines and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's no Uh, Wood Brothers is the same. Wood Brothers is basically a subsidiary of Roush Racing. So it's the same way there, too. Like, technically, that's a one car race team, but they get stuff from Roush and basically Roush teammates. So I, I. I doubt tonight was when Joe Gibbs learned about this, so I'm I'm sure he's comfortable. Yeah, I'm sure he is too. There. I mean, like like he was when Tony Stewart had Stewart Haas racing, like yep. like Richard Childress was when Dale Earnhardt t- had DEI. Um, so and, t- and Tony went on to race on that race. He eventually track. did, yeah. But when he yeah. started, I don't think he did at the start. I think it was after his contract with Joe Gibbs ran out that he did. Dale Earnhardt obviously never raced for DEI. Um, and we'll Probably see what have. Denny does. Um, I don't think he would have. I think he always, really? yeah, I think he said he, he was going to honor his commitment to Richard Childress. I don't think he would have. Now, Junior drove I for DEI. I would break a contract, but at some point, okay. Yeah. Junior drove for DEI, and really, Junior leaving DEI is what ended DEI. Um, yeah. But, yeah, huh. interesting. The other And thing, good for Bubba Wallace. The other, yeah, very, very good for him. It's a stable environment for him. Not that racing under Richard Petty was some kind of unstable situation, but um, I think he was a little bit of a shadow there, and it might just be like a more comfortable situation for a new race team with Bubba and probably running a different number than we're familiar with might be a better situation for everybody. Yeah, driving the 43 would be a lot of pressure historically that has not been a very successful number for anyone other than Richard Petty. Yeah. The people who have followed Richard Petty have not done well. Um, yeah. And I will say with a new team, I do sometimes wonder about the funding, especially out the gate. Um, those race teams that are successful, those drivers are driving for the same race teams year after year. And there's a reason because money it's... runs that sport and the teams that have established and been established have way more money than everybody else. Tony Stewart's race team probably didn't. I mean, it wasn't weak on money, was it? No, but I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember them being all that successful. Having Michael Jordan money behind it probably isn't going to be bad. And it and it hasn't really been apparent of sponsors running away from Bubba, Bubba Wallace. So I think it might. I would give him a chance. I think here for at least three years probably is going to be somewhat of a thing i i i think you're underestimating some races at some point yeah but i think you're underestimating just the amount of money these other teams have like richard childress multi-cars less money than richard hendrick hendrick motorsports multi joe gibbs penske roush but they're all yeah chip ganassi i mean these are huge huge race teams that have huge huge budgets and they can spend more money on their cars Denny Hamlin's not going to be dropping Joe Gibbs money racing 
for on his car. It's just not going to be a thing. Per car, they spend more money than other race teams. That's why they're usually the ones with drivers late in the chase going for a championship. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, the other, the one last thing I want to do, I think I've touched on this before in conversation, but uh, Annie Agar is the young lady or young woman that uh, produces those really funny videos. I know we've seen some some other that are similar where people are acting as if they are the Big 12 Conference, the Southeastern Conference or the ACC Conference or the Big 10 Conference. She does it on a regular basis. She really hit it hard. With the Big Ten, I think it started in the spring or late or early summer, and she's kind of continued on with it um, uh, into football season starting. And and she, it's Big Ten is her one that she's always going to. But she started doing the NFL, which I really like too. Uh, there was a video all the way back from the draft where she was kind of doing a version of this. And now uh, with the first week of the season and now the second week of the season, I hope she keeps it up. We will retweet her. Um, because she's very funny. She, she gets it, <laughs> um, better than I think a lot of the guys on Twitter, guys or gals on Twitter, uh, you know, making fun of teams or stuff. She, she has a really funny way to make fun of these teams kind of acting as them. Um, and she hits it on the head every single time. Um, it's like every single one of her jokes in these videos is just right on. And, uh, this week it was like a shot at the bears where it's like, Oh, where's the elite quarterback? Uh, Zoom chat like they now that Mitch Trubisky's two and zero, they think he's. It's just the way she does things. I will retweet her latest video. Go back and watch them if you haven't caught any of these videos, or if you've only caught one. Go back and watch a group of them. Really funny stuff, and uh, she's gotten a lot more famous. There was an athletic article about it, about her this week, uh, which actually I haven't been able to read yet. Uh, but all that stuff is good, and uh, you know she's. She's the equivalent of like one of our people at WHSV. She's the TJ Eck. Maybe what Alex uh, Flume was doing there, you know, not even like the main sports anchor desk guy, like she's out on assignments and stuff. And uh, so she's, you know, trying to make a career of that, but now she's doing this on the side. This is only going to help her uh, obtain uh, better things in her career. So rooting for her in that, because I think she's uh, very smart and hopefully uh, she can, uh, give herself an upper leg in this business. That's tough for anybody to, you know, get an upper leg in. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy those videos as much as we have. And uh, if you haven't watched them really make sure you do. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I sent you one on Twitter uh, right before we recorded. Uh, and that was the one that you were just talking about. Um, I, when I find those videos, I, I try to watch them uh, fairly quickly because I know I'm going to laugh. And it'll cheer me up a little bit. Um, but I do just, I, while you were talking, I also looked up uh, the NASCAR teams. Um, there's one, Stuart Haas did end up winning a championship with Kevin Harvick in 2014. The other one was Martin Truex's championship was with uh, Barney Visser and uh, Furniture Row Racing. But the next year after that, Furniture Row Racing went out of business. So I think that tells you how oh, much wow. money they had to spend to do that. Other than that, you're looking at Gibbs, Penske, Hendrick, Gibbs, Hendrick, Penske, Hendrick, 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 Gibbs, Roush, Roush, Gibbs, Hendrick, Gibbs. Okay. I I don't know if I'm expecting Bubba Wallace to win the championship next year. I don't don't know if I was going that far. It's I I don't know if I was expecting him to win the championship at Petty either. So I I don't know. I, I, I think this is a good opportunity for NASCAR. 
to have Michael Jordan included in their sport, to have Bubba maybe with a little bit of a fresh scene. Um, I think he can bring in some different sponsors because DoorDash wasn't a sponsor before Bubba Wallace, and now they are. And it seems like there's a lot of other things out there as an opportunity for Bubba Wallace. Um, I, just, I think I, this isn't a bad thing. I don't think this is a bad thing. No, I, I don't think it's a bad thing either. I'm just saying I do wonder in terms, I am very interested to see, I guess this was my point. I am interested to see if he's, if his car tends to run better with the new team versus petty racing because petty racing, despite not having great success, um, had been pretty established. This is a brand new team. I'm interested to see how they succeed. I just knowing the investor of Michael Jordan being involved, I would have to think there's some decent dollars going into it for at least the next couple of years. Like there's some kind of commitment of what it's going to be. I mean, we hope I know he says he doesn't have a gambling problem, but (laughs) Bubba Wallace might kill his gambling problem because that's what I'm getting back to. Like we, there's a lot of conversation about Bubba Wallace and a lot of it doesn't include where he finishes in races. At some point he's got to win some races. Like, Danica Patrick, we said the same thing about her. There's all these racers. J.J. Yeely needs to win some races. Some of these other guys, I mean, Matt Benedetto needs to win more races. Like, like everybody's trying to win. And to stay in the sport, to grow your effort in that sport, you got to win races. And Danica Patrick didn't win races. And especially for these, these people that stand out in the sport. Right or wrong, they stand out in the sport because there is no other African-American drivers than Bubba Wallace. So to shut everybody up, win some races. You might not shut everybody up, but you'll shut some people up. Well, Danica's and, not going to win any races because she retired, but well, yeah. She, uh, that's, but she didn't either. And if she had, maybe she'd still be racing. There's a lot of people, and it, it's not just women or African-Americans or anybody of not Southern white guy winning races. <laughs> That just you stay in the sport, you got to win at some point, and so that's that's where I'm at. I, I wonder if this gives Bubba maybe somewhat of a chance to, in some way, maybe not in the engine, is maybe it's not any better. I hope it's the same, but maybe some of the other stuff around him, this this everything else going on that matters to race car drivers, it starts, it begins and ends in the engine, but there's a lot else that goes on to make these guys successful. Maybe a lot of that other stuff can be better, and if it doesn't fall off at the engine area. Maybe there's enough money. Maybe there's commitment with sharing of information from Joe Gibbs racing. Maybe the fact that he, we think he's driving a Toyota and those Toyota teams have been running better and better. Like maybe there's a, enough in there that'll keep them competitive and give them an opportunity to win a race. I, I just, I guess I'm not quick to be negative about it. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying I, that's my number one the first thing that popped up after, well, good for Bubba Wallace, he found a ride, um, was... Well, he left Petty. Yeah. He didn't drop him. No, I know. But when he said he was leaving, I... NASCAR is usually not adding... Teams aren't usually adding cars. They're dropping cars. Because Wait. NASCAR has not been as profitable in the past um, few years. Uh, but the drivers are going to... I mean, every once in a while, you'll come across a driver who wants to start a new team, and that's great. I think that helps the sport. Um, but we'll see. Um, so the first thing was, great, he found a ride for next year. And then uh, second was, 
I wonder how he will do compared to Petty Enterprises. Petty Enterprises hasn't won a championship since Richard Petty. So, I mean, we're talking about since 1979. So, uh, in terms of championships, I agree. I don't think he was going to ever win a championship at Petty Enterprises. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to win one with Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan, MJ Racing or whatever they're calling it. But um, that being said, outside of Gibbs, Penske, or Hendrick, I don't know if anyone's winning a championship. So, All right, let's get out of here. Let's go and remind you guys to follow us at Yak Sports Pod at Facebook or Twitter or email us at yaksportspod at gmail.com. Subscribe on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify. Make sure you tell your friends to listen to us to talk about particularly the local sports that we all love to talk about. And uh, at least we have a plan moving forward. So we will be preparing for the winter and spring to have all these seasons. And we look forward to talk about it. So make sure you guys are tuning in and subscribe so you get these episodes when they drop. And we'll be back with more of the Yak Sports Podcast next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.